Hey, howdy, hey, little pudding cups. Happy October, happy spooky season. I know I am personally reveling in this time of year. This is, in my opinion, the second best month of the year. Uh, the best being May, because that's the month I was born. So obviously that has to be the best. <laughs> but um, no, I, I love October. I love the weather this time of year. I love watching the leaves change and fall. I love just the goth energy that October brings. And uh, we talk in this episode that you're about to hear uh, about Halloween, Halloween costumes, Halloween plans. So uh, yeah, anyway, I, <laughs> uh, I should probably introduce the guest without getting too far ahead of myself talking about spookiness. But this week we have Jimena, who's a local producer and beat maker. And I got in touch with her because she and Hassan Barclay were the uh, featured producers this year for the Beats on the Beach series put on by Save the Harbor, Save the Bay, a local organization dedicated to preserving shorelines around Massachusetts Bay, which is a great cause. Uh, and it was a great, great contest where, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the episode. You'll hear it. But basically, Jimena and Hassan Barclay each went out to the shoreline and recorded field recordings and made sample packs that producers could download. And the contest was to make a beat using at least eight of these, these samples. I actually did end up entering a beat of my own and uh, ended up getting an honorable mention. So I, I only bring that up just to sort of, I'm big into, you know, celebrating my own, my own achievements, my own accomplishments, my own, my own work and effort right now. I think, as I think everybody out there should, you should too, if you're listening to this, even if it's, even if it's such a small thing, you know, celebrate yourself and your accomplishments. Anyway, I, I had written up a little like promotional piece to help raise awareness for this contest when it was going on. And so I, I already know, uh, Hassan Barclay and I'm a huge fan of his music, but I hadn't heard of Jimena. So I checked out her tunes and I loved her EP, uh, Lukuma. So and and also we haven't had uh, a Latinx guest to my knowledge uh, yet. So as someone of Latinx descent, it was important to me to get get that benchmark out of the way. Anyway, this was a really really fun interview that you're gonna hear. There's so much laughter. Like going back and editing this, I like it was just taken right back to right back to that that day we recorded it, which was now like two months ago. So finally getting this out, but it, it was so fun and there's so much laughter. Uh, the first half, we basically talk about Jimena's music, go pretty much track by track through her EP. You're going to hear every song, all five songs from the EP over the course of the episode because we had enough time to, to fit in all five. They're not necessarily in the order that we talk about them in the episode. You're just going to hear the order that they're on the EP so I urge you, if you dig, especially if you dig like sort of experimental electronic beats to check out Lukuma. I love it. I think it's great. But then the second half of the episode, we veer into just like our own personal histories of being like nerdy, nerdy teens who turned into nerdy adults. It's a blast. We talk Halloween costumes a little bit and anticipating Halloween. And keep in mind, again, this was two months ago, so we were already anticipating Halloween, like in the middle of August. It's the best holiday, hands down. I don't, that's not a debate. If you disagree, you're wrong. 
Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I don't really have much else to to introduce other than uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get a passable Smeagol <laughs> costume out there this year for Halloween for any Lord of the Rings fans. Uh, also, keep in mind that I am six foot three, so if you see a, a giant terrifying Smeagol who is fully committed to being in character the whole evening, that's me. Come say hi, and I will greet you with a No, it's No, no, Master would never hurt us. Anyway, that's, that's my little preview of my Smeagol impression. Alright, so I feel like I've rambled enough now. Uh, and Anyway, here's the interview with Jimena. Who's listening? I'm here with Jimena, 
who is a local, uh, like a Boston based producer of um, fun, very out there sort of, sort of beats, sort of, there's like a jazzy element, but there's like this, this cool, like experimental electronic element too. Anyway, hello, Jimena. Hi. How are you? How are you doing today? <laughs> really good. I'm excited. Super excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just a little little background on how like why I asked to interview you because you're currently one of the uh what's the role? What would be the appropriate title for the role? Like associate producers of like collaborating producers on the Beats on the Beach series? Yeah, featured producer. Featured I producer, think. okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, for those, the the contest will probably be over, well over by the time this episode comes out, because this is the last day to submit uh, yeah. beats. But um, uh, it's done by Save the Harbor, Save the Bay, which is an organization that sort of protects um, like the Massachusetts Bay shore areas. Mm-hmm. Yes. So how'd you end up getting contacted to be part of that this year? So um, Luigi actually reached out to me and messaged me through Instagram. And um, it was cool because Luigi, Luigi and I never really talked, but we like met actually once at a, what's it called? The Museum of Fine Arts had this hip hop kind of event and they invited basically the entire beat scene. I don't, I don't know who mm-hmm. was missing really. It was, it was all these rappers, artists, beat makers, producers that were present. And I met Luigi um, this is, by the way, this is like two years ago. It has nothing to do with Beats on the Beach, but mm-hmm. this is how I met Luigi. Um, so I was in the green room because at the time I was an intern for another producer named D-Phrase. Uh, yeah, um, I've, uh, I've covered D-Phrase. He's a great, great producer, yeah. Yeah, they're amazing. And um, so at the time I was interning at Ugly Duck Studios where D-Phrase is the head engineer. And um, I was helping that day with bringing, making sure that D-Phrase had everything they needed to perform. Um, So that day then I went to the green room to eat lunch and I met Joshua and Luigi who are known as uh, Rilla Force and uh, Elder. Mm -hmm. And we just had a really nice conversation. We were laughing a lot. We had like a nice time just talking. And like, to me, it felt like, oh, wow, these are like, you know, like when you go to a pool when you're a little kid and you like make friends. <laughs> and then you got to leave in your side. Um, that's, how, that's how I felt. But we followed each other. And um, so for the following year, I guess they would see what I do and they'd be supportive. And then Luchi reached out to me earlier this year, I want to say around March, and was like, we want to have you as a featured producer. And I was like, that's crazy. Because I, I really, I saw the Beats on the Beach competition last year and I really wanted to enter and I was just too busy with school at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just so cool to be a featured producer and then meet Chris Hassan Barkley. And now like, I don't know, now we're all like really cool and hanging out more frequently. And it's just nice. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, the, the picture, the promo pictures for the, the Beats on the Beach contest with like you and, and Chris and Rilla Force look like you're having a blast <laughs> hanging out on the on the beach. Um, yeah, it was a cool day. <laughs> It, it's funny that you compared it to like being a kid going to like a pool or somewhere else fun and like meeting friends. Like, you know, obviously it's been a, been a long time since I was uh, a kid, but I imagine mm-hmm. it would have been like easier to keep up with some of those like friends you meet with uh, with social media. 
where it's like, oh, we can just like follow each other and, and keep up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, so the, the contest is, is really cool because you and Hassan Barclay created your own like custom sample packs with field recordings that you had taken, I assume, like from sounds of objects and ambient noise that you kind of were, were mm-hmm. on the beach for. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, so I went through your both of your sample packs a little bit. You have like a processed pack and then the unprocessed sounds. What were some, uh, I mean, how, how did you kind of discern like what sounds you'd record? And like, then once you had them sort of in a da, how'd you kind of plan like what you were going to do to process them into these more like synthy sounds, percussive sounds? So the, the first step of the process was really, I went through all the audio and just try to see what I had to fix. The first thing was I had to clean up the audio because there was a lot of background noise. Um, We were with Save the Harbor at the beach. So you could kind of hear them talking in the background, for example, or like you could just hear like the, like a plane in the distance sometimes, or like, you know, bow horns in a way, like I did end up incorporating a lot of it, but it just, in order to clean up the audio, you have to isolate certain things. So um, the first step was just RX-7, just, cleaning up everything second step was listening through and like as I started producing I'm like okay what do I need I need a kick okay how do I make a kick (laughs) (laughs) so I started looking for things that maybe sounded like a kick like a I think one of them was hitting again like a a wood hitting against like a piece of wood yeah Mm -hmm. I said that weird a piece of wood hitting against another piece of wood (laughs) and um I went through a lot of the unprocessed sounds and tried to find things that I guess sounded like you know, a shaker, we use like shells and sand, like we put sand inside shells and started shaking them or we'd crush a lot of um, shells that we found. We would throw things into water. Um, I tried to, I isolated one of the airplane sounds. Um, I was lucky to get a boat horn.
I was lucky to get a boat horn recording. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah, so, I really yeah. like the boat horn one. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, it was mostly because of the time crunch too. I was making um, the song and then trying to see what I needed and then making things based off of what I needed. And then mm-hmm. I really heavily manipulated some of them. So I also included those just to see if someone would be interested. But yeah, I think what's cool about them is that they're a very basic foundation. They're not super developed, even the processed ones. And um, I feel like anyone who is beat making could further sound design it. They could beef it up more if they wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. Also, a uh, shout out to RX7 uh, from yes. I- Isotope. Um, my, fr- <laughs> my friend who helps with the, uh, the audio processing for each episode of this uses the RX suite. So It's awesome. If they if they want to come in and sponsor us, <laughs> if anyone at Isotope is listening, <laughs> dude, yeah, seriously, Isotope RX7 is magic in a yeah. program. It's incredible. I highly recommend it to anyone who's doing audio, professional audio and sound design. Yeah, no, super super useful suite. Uh, so shout out, to, shout out to Isotope, shout out to RX7. Um, <laughs> uh, that that's that's awesome though. Um, just the way you. Uh, kind of went about finding those I, I really like that sort of style of uh using self-recorded field recordings to create your own sample packs and kind of i don't know there's this there's this wonderful philosophy that like pretty much anything can be music and mm-hmm. you know da technology has become so so proficient at this point that you know really anything can be an instrument so Facts. right before we started recording you had mentioned um you just started watching spongebob Uh, which i love it like welcome to the party yeah i feel like like i'm like genuinely laughing at all these jokes and my friends behind me are like yep (laughs) (laughs) i think this jam goes so hard hell yeah (laughs) like all there's so many good tracks on that just throughout whether it's the the episode the first couple seasons or like the movie Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I mean, I watched more SpongeBob, I think, in college than uh, as like a college stoner than I yeah. ever did when I was like 11 and it came out. Not that I didn't love it then, but uh, mm-hmm. really came to appreciate it in college. It's um, different. Oh, but I wanted to bring that up again because mm-hmm. there I don't know if you've gotten to this episode yet, but uh, Patrick in one episode um, asks, is mayonnaise an instrument? Oh. And... <laughs> Like that's every time I think of like field recordings, I'm like, yeah, mayonnaise could totally be an instrument. Like get in, get a jar of mayonnaise into the hands of the right producer. You could like tap on the tap on the lid or the side of it. You could make like a a weird like maybe gross splooshy sound, but with like a spoon in there. Yeah, like mayonnaise. Anything else can be. Everything is an instrument if you want it to be. Now (laughs) exactly, exactly. And you could hit it with different things. Like I used to play mallet percussion, so you could hit it with like a xylophone mallet and get Mm -hmm. a cool like bell sound. Empty out the mayonnaise jar. I don't know. You could. That's the thing. You could get so creative with folly sounds. And Mm -hmm. um, for me personally, an inspiration. Do are you a fan of Bjork? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely uh i've no i fucking love bjork it's why like are you a fan of bjork i'm like <laughs> <Duh>. uh, <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even i wouldn't even say i'm a fan like i'm mm-hmm. like a, a nearly lifelong you know attendant of the the church of bjork that's hilarious <laughs> yeah i fucking love bjork uh yeah have you seen the movie dancer in the dark oh yeah 
Yeah, that was a huge inspiration for me personally. Yeah, and... well, that is a, a disclaimer to anyone who wants to watch that movie, who's listening and hasn't seen that movie. It's very, very sad and very depressing. Yes. It's not happy-go-lucky Bjork at all. It's not mm-hmm. Bjork. It's not like that video where Bjork takes apart, like disassembles the TV set. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not calming. It's a, it's a very intense movie. Yeah, very sad. <laughs> But yeah, then she's there's one of the songs in that, um, like when she's in the factory, exactly uh, dancing around. That's it's all like industrial sounds of this factory. Mm-hmm. So I guess in what in what way did that movie influence you? Yeah, just like that. It's just the the fact that the folly sounds are so clear, and specifically the factory song is an earlier song. So I feel like that's not a huge um, spoiler. But yeah, like the mm-hmm. the factory ones just finding folly sounds that you can put together to make a really cool rhythm and mm-hmm. a groove and then you build your song off of that and i think that's super cool I, I like making drums off of things that aren't you know like your regular your regular drum set i guess like you could be yeah. super creative with it and i guess like i i like what i got inspired um with um dancer in the dark was that she did open her mind to doing anything like looking around and finding anything that could be made into a song. Yeah, no, yeah. that's a, a really wonderful way to to put it. Yeah, again, I don't know. It's one of those movies where I don't know if I can recommend it to anyone in good conscience. <laughs> unless like you're, unless you, you want to feel bad. Yeah, if you want to be depressed, yeah. watch that movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very, very sad. It's also Lars von Trier, who's, I believe Bjork was not a big fan of working with him. Um, mm. I don't know, like, like the details, but uh, okay. I think he might have been like verbally abusive. I don't necessarily want to say that on this podcast, mm-hmm. just in case Lars von Trier wants to get on my ass and sue me <laughs> or something. But <laughs> I have read that Bjork did not enjoy that experience. But she's incredible in that movie. The soundtrack is really good because she does the soundtrack and it's Bjork. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bjork's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, she killed it. Yeah. Uh, oh, so um, is is that method of field recording? Because you have, I believe, one EP out on Bandcamp that came out back in June. Uh, Lukuma, am I pronouncing that correctly? Lukuma. Is, did you use that uh, field recording method to record a lot of the sounds on that? With Lukuma, more specifically, I, I didn't, I don't remember recording a lot of sounds. If anything, I went on Splice and looked for a lot of professional folly recordings. Mm-hmm. Um. And for example, in the beginning of the my fourth song, Intercepted Connection, I used a lot of like phone sounds, a lot of dials, a TV turning on, like a really old TV turning on. Um, I'm trying to think a lot of like car, like rooms and um, engine words. So I use that throughout the song. And I'm trying to think of what else I've used. With the first song, I've used a lot of steam, a lot of machine factory sounds, because I wanted to make it sound like a a sort of like huge robot, like building up and just Mm -hmm. being super tense and powering up. So yeah. That's that's track, sorry. Uh, That track is is super cool. um, Thank you. It like speeds up sort of after mm-hmm. there's like more of a down tempo intro and then it kind of speeds up into a, a faster song. Mm-hmm. You know, like the textures of that first part were like as an intro to the album, I was like, oh, this, this sounds really cool. But then like once it sped up, it was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's cool to hear like someone talk about the song like that. Because, yeah, I don't know. I haven't gotten much like like a lot of people have said like 
you know, like, oh, the CP is cool, the CP is cool, but like, it's cool to like hear people talk about like specific things. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, of course. Yeah, I feel like with this album specifically, there wasn't so many found sounds. If anything, it's been more um, things that I got, like, I was looking for specifically to to put in the EP um, through Splice. But I guess, like, the way I approached it was, like, I would have an, like, I would have, like, an imagery of what I'm trying to do. And then I'd try to, like, sonically get it. So, like, like I said, the first song would be, like, a big robot. And then, like, he, like, boomed. And I'm trying to think with Intercepted Connection, I was trying to get, like, a, I was trying to make it, the setting feel like you're, you're, like, dissociating. And, like, mm-hmm. someone's, like, calling you in a distance. And oh, then, like, yeah. And then, um, what's that called? then you you hear like kind of like the phone like hang up or something and then you get kind of jolted into some intensity so like that's what I was kind of trying to get with the setting and I feel like um, Folly sounds are super successful in establishing different kinds of settings because I feel like when when I've been in school and been taught to talk to think about like what environment specific music is in in terms of rock for example, and like, you're like, oh, like, you know, if you have a drum set, you have to think about like, are you the drummer? And like, where are you placing the panning specifically with your drums? Mm -hmm. But like, because electronic music is so freeing, and you can literally do anything, I think it's cool to think about um, settings and like using folly sounds for a setting or like creating creatures or thinking about like, where you can be that's not necessarily like a room. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting way to, I don't know, sort of plan and like go into a recording so i i definitely on sticking with intercepted connection i I definitely noticed uh like the dial tone of the phone but i think you had said that there's like carve rooms and like other so i'm gonna have to like go back and and keep an ear out for those because the dial tone was definitely definitely noticeable yeah yeah um and also for uh so that first track is called seismic blast transtemporal Mm-hmm. So um, that's and that's the the one with the giant robot. I that's I'm gonna listen to that again with that in mind. I had seen the the word like transtemporal, and so like the image, like re-listening to it, knowing that the time shift was was coming, uh, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, ooh, this kind of feels like I'm going through like a wormhole almost. Exactly. That's definitely what I wanted people to get, like going because I definitely wanted it to feel like you were falling through something, or like a like a wormhole or like mm-hmm. a portal, like later on at least in the second one. But I don't know if that really, like you know like when you make this stuff, you have like an idea, and I don't know how much of it actually comes through. But it's kind of mm-hmm. cool to hear you say that you felt like you were going through a wormhole. Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad uh, that like my interpretation like lined up with what what you wanted uh yeah out of that and i know i was reading like the liner notes on on your band camp and it says that uh your mom did the the little uh intro to to nerd the third song Mm -hmm. um like did you when you asked her did you record her with the intention of of putting it in that song or was that just like a random recording you had Oh, no, no, I, I definitely, like, was like, hey, mom, I'm doing a song, can you do this? <laughs> and I, like, directed her, like, she lives in Texas right now, so I was, like, messaging her through WhatsApp and being like, hey, can you send me you saying something like this? Because there's been t- definitely times with Nerd, okay, so, like, with the EP in general, okay, I'm getting, like, off topic. Okay, so with Nerd specifically, the reason why I wanted her on it was because she's caught me, like, in my room dancing so many times. And like when I was like in middle school and high school and like, I, like I'll forget, like I leave my door open or something. I'll be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
her and I, like when I was growing up, she she and I would bond a lot over watching a lot of shows. Like we watch Walking Dead, we watch Breaking Bad. So in Spanish, she's saying, um, hey, Jime, um, the program's on, the show's on. And I guess, and like you hear like, I guess like a door knock. I don't remember if the door knock. The, the door knock was like originally in the one of the first ones and it originally sounded like someone was going to kick down a door. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that, I don't remember if the door knock specifically stayed now that I think about it. But yeah, I think the context of the EP, because we brought up Transtemporal earlier too. Nerd was supposed to be a song that's referencing, I guess, me when I was younger and just like my relationship with my mom and like, because I grew up with my mom mainly. So that's what Nerd is. And I asked my mom to do that so it could represent, like it could represent it. And I felt like Nerd is just such a fun, like trippy beat that I felt like it did capture in a way like when I was younger and adolescent. Transtemporal, for example, I like when I imagine it, yeah, I picture this big robot and stuff like that, but I wanted it to feel in a way like I was going through like a wormhole or a portal or like being transported and transtemporal, the word itself does mean to go like, what is it? To like transport. I'm like thinking about the brain part and I'm also thinking about the word, but like you are um, transporting through time or transtemporal lobe, I think itself is um, part of the memory if I'm not mistaken. I will check. Yeah, I'll check real quick. I'm so I'm I'm host, editor, producer, and fact checker. You're this, awesome. This podcast, <laughs> yeah, very very DIY. So yeah, there's the temporal lobe of the brain, and I think transtemporal is like right. describes sort of the mechanism of like this synapse transfer. If my roommate was home, he's like a like a neuroscientist at MGH, so he he would know all about this. <laughs> <laughs> but he's at work doing science things uh shout out shout out to brian he's a listener so when he hears this uh, he would actually yeah. he he would really really dig your music actually knowing his taste so cool yeah but that's that's where the idea came from i guess it's a, that feeling of like being transported back into a different time zone and lukuma it's called lukuma because um I'm Peruvian, and growing up, I would eat a lot of lucuma ice cream. Lucuma is a fruit. Um, okay. And um, so is that a I felt fruit native to like native to Peru. 
it's in some countries in Latin America, as far as I know. But yeah, I wanted I wanted this EP because it was my first EP to be representative of um, the things, I guess, like a, a sort of like time capsule. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted Transtemporal to feel like it's kind of sucking you into something different. And then um, By the Limon is named By the Limon because um, my my grandma would make key lime pie for me growing mm-hmm. up. And it was like, that was the first time I ever tried key lime pie. So I have this association with her. And it's not like my grandma's in the song at all or anything, or there's no like very direct reference to my grandma. But if anything, I feel like this that song feels very lush and feels um, mm-hmm. feels a sense of livelihood. I wanted to dedicate that to my grandma in a way. Oh, and then nerd, that's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and then nerd um, feels very fun and weird. So I got my mom on that one because mm-hmm. I felt like it represented a younger version of myself. And then Intercepted Connection has all these phone dials and stuff because my fam- all my family lives in Peru, except my mom lives in Texas and then my dad lives in Florida. So I'm just consistently communicating with my entire family just through phone and through means of um, laptops and other virtual communication. And um, there was a period of time where I lived in Peru for eight months and I had to communicate with all my friends in Florida through like, what's it called? The, the call cards. And Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Because we didn't, like, we had MySpace back then, but like, <laughs> it wasn't like it is now, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, I miss MySpace. This, this, is, this is unrelated. I miss MySpace. So, <laughs> I lot. miss MySpace so much. We don't I, need five apps, bro. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Five apps that are all doing the same thing. I also, five. I feel like this is an, an underappreciated uh, detail about MySpace, but, like, it was teaching teenagers how to, like, do, like, you know, albeit basic coding, but like HTML coding, like you could yeah. customize your own web page. My my page took like three days to load completely because I embedded <laughs> like 10 different songs. I had like Jimi Hendrix pictures embedded everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I miss MySpace. <laughs> MySpace was a great time. Yeah, I had a lot of friends that would go into the HTML code and just go off. And I, I didn't know how to do any of that. I just get like some random templates. I'd be like, oh, this yeah. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> template looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I miss my space. I miss putting music on my profile. Yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom where are you? Tom, come on the podcast. Tom was my top friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, that was that was also a funny aspect. You knew exactly where you stood with people because you could mm-hmm. like people were like ranking their friends and then like updating the rankings. And I was like, ooh, somebody dropped down a couple rankings. Yeah. There must be some drama going on. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh they're out of the top <laughs> like when when your crush would drop their like boyfriend or girlfriend or yeah you're like, like out of the top hmm. 10 you're like, mm, <laughs> yeah. i got a chance <laughs> my time to shine yeah. uh, literally i just uh, keep my family to be like safe and try to be like as drama free as possible i keep like my family in the top you know mm-hmm. but my dad mm-hmm. is number one because my mom didn't have anything very so diplomatic like, yeah <laughs> I would see like my best friend when I was younger put like another girl in first and I was like, oh, I gotta work harder. But I mean that's also sort of the beginning of how like social media sort of altered our perception of like our self-worth in other people's eyes. But that's a whole that's a whole tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I agree though. Back to back to the EP. I'm really glad you brought up the sort of the aspects of like how your relationship with your family 
kind of inspired a lot of the tracks because with like you know there's no like lyrics there's no like singing vocals you know all like electronic instrumentation and mm -hmm. like samples so like I definitely didn't necessarily pick up on that fully listening to it so I'm really right. really glad you brought that up but that's so it kind of acts as this like really interesting like not necessarily like insight into your your family background but knowing that it it's inspired by these these memories by these mm -hmm. relationships uh i think is is really cool and then combining that with sort of this this sci-fi <laughs> inspiration too so uh, you had mentioned so obviously the track is called nerd about sort of looking back on your adolescence so were you a, a ner nerdy teen <laughs> It's okay. This is a safe space for revealing this that information. Oh God! <laughs> like, I was very nerdy. I didn't go out on Saturday oh nights God. in high school because, like, Saturday night was new anime night on Adult Ooh, Swim, and I was like, that's "Sorry, so friends, funny. I can't, I can't party and get drunk with you. I need to watch Full Metal Alchemist." <laughs> I would say you're one of the cool kids. Hell yeah. If you're thank, watching anime, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no one else did, but thank you. <laughs> it was like that back then. People were so mean. Now everyone loves anime. Yeah. But um, I was going to say, yeah, like, I was mad dorky. I don't know. Like, I, there's this, I'll, like, find videos and, like, pictures of myself, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I understand now. <laughs> I understand. Like, I wanted to fit in with, like, you know, there, you know, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't like what you would call like the cool kid of like high school or like, you know, the stereotypes. I, I definitely had good friends and I had a good friend group. And I think that I was surrounded by good people. And I do, I do think that I was authentically myself. So there's value to that. I don't have to, I, I guess like um, calling myself a nerd isn't a bad thing. But no. yeah. um, I would say that, yeah, like I would, there'd be a lot of times I'd push back not hanging out with friends because I had to study for the SATs or the ACTs. There's like, not just in terms of like intellectually being a nerd, but also like just being awkward, just being socially mm -hmm. awkward. Um, there was, there's literally video footage of me going in front of my Spanish class and it's dead quiet. And I have my headphones in listening to music and I just start popping and locking with a swag hat on. <laughs> like, I have like a snapback that says swag on it and I'm wearing like a rainbow a rainbow belt very like scenish I have my hair all seen and um <laughs> yeah it's just a lot to handle watching someone like go off dancing and there's no music playing and then like, <laughs> you literally hear my classmate be like wow <laughs> <laughs> with all the enthusiasm like a teenager can muster <laughs> literally and wow. like, the person recording was like a, a good friend so she was like no, yeah, she's going to do this because she's awesome. And she was so supportive. Shout out to Karina. But like, <laughs> you could just hear the guy in the back be like, why is she doing this? Why? Like, <laughs> why, why, why are you like enabling her? But, yeah. the, the, those like people who like in high school who would complain like that call a label other people is weird. I feel like yeah. have grown up into the boring adults. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like like they were they're as boring now as they always were damn yeah and yeah maybe that's a jet like a generalized assumption but i, I feel would, you i'd place money on that bet mm -hmm. <laughs> i feel like if people are doing things that like might be weird to you i don't know like let people like be themselves let people like do what they want if they're not hurting anyone it's just like funny i don't know yeah you know like <laughs> 
don't hate on someone for just fucking dancing to no music in front of a classroom. Do you have anything better to do? No. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I especially dancing itself. Like I can't fault somebody or make fun of somebody for dancing. Like dancing should be an expression of joy, right? Yeah, exactly. I felt so cool. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the video, but like, it's okay. Picturing a very very cool young version of you. You, I know I'll you. I'll show had... you later if you want. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of like being recorded, like my teenage years, I know that there's like a, there's sort of an absence of like recorded footage of me for a couple years. And that was like by design where I was like, do not photograph me. Do not take videos of me. <laughs> like uh, there's like a whole string of family vacations that like, there's no, no proof that I was ever on those vacations. That's so I was funny. just like, <laughs> yeah, just gonna hide you, in the background. Were you like super goth? Boy, like, uh, no, I don't want to be in pictures. I don't want to smile. I didn't dress goth, but I was really into, like, goth and grunge were sort of my my musical avenues in high school. Like, mm -hmm. when I was, I was coming off, like, being really way too into hip-hop for, like, a suburban white kid. Um, <laughs> and then, like, veered into, like, goth and grunge, like, in high school. Like, you know, going through your angsty puberty years. I feel that. Um, but like I went to like a Catholic prep school 
So I could never like dress goth, you know, like I had to dress in like, but now um, I actually was just showing my neighbor last night because she didn't believe me. Like, like I've dressed like in my twenties, I dressed goth like plenty of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was like, no, I don't don't see you like wearing like the makeup and the eyeliner. And I was like, I got a picture. I'll show you right now. (laughs) Like I, a couple Halloweens ago, I dressed up as uh, the crow from the, the the Brandon Lee movie. Mm-hmm. And and she was like, oh, my God, that's you. And I'm like, hell, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, the, the Crow is my my little background on my Damn. phone. So love that movie. Um, yeah, I've seen it once. It's crazy. Like my mom, my mom was like hyping it up because um, I, I don't remember who did the soundtrack, but she was saying like, oh, like some the actor originally got shot like and actually mm-hmm. died. Yeah. And on set. Then, yeah. On set. And then they had to replace him. And she was, she was just, like, describing the movie, like, saying, well, I guess, like, huge spoiler alert if you haven't, like, I guess. Or is that even a spoiler of the story? It's, it's more like it's a background, like, like, information. That's more background information. It's also yeah. a 30-year-old movie at this point. <laughs> or it's, like, I feel like there's a certain, um, I don't know, like, statute of limitations on, like, how long you can complain about spoilers. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But like it's you know it's thirty years old. If you mm-hmm. want to see the crow and haven't yet, I I'm kind of like what haven't like just watch it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But uh, no, yeah, it's so I, lo- I love that movie. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. So my mom and I watched it, and I was like, it's crazy because she was she was trying to point out like they kind of try to hide his face a little more um, afterwards to make it look a little more seamless. But I, I felt like the whole movie looked seamless. In my opinion, yeah, I think I think he had filmed most of most of his like spoken parts, mm. and so a lot that was left was like stunt work. Okay, and he he did his own stunts. So Brandon Lee is the son of Bruce Lee. Yeah, so like he was very into like doing his own stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, ended up uh, they had like a a prop gun which you know actually shot like rubber bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, it went off and like hit him. I don't know if it was like the head or abdomen or somewhere, but it was unfortunately lethal. So rest in peace, Brandon Lee. Rest in peace. Batten, Batten, one hundred percent in his his film roles because mm-hmm. the crow, the crow is awesome. But yeah, the soundtrack is really, really good. I don't know who compiled it, but it has a really good mix of goth and like alternative rock bands. Like mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails covers Joy Division. The yeah. Cure is on it. I think Stone Temple Pilots pop up on there. Yeah, I was about to ask about Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, no, so it's really, really good soundtrack. Uh, I still pop that on like fairly regularly, <laughs> especially like in the fall mm-hmm. when spooky season hits. Yeah. <laughs> but so spooky you hit. Season. Yeah, it's coming up. Like we're in August. Super I keep getting sick. a bunch of memes that's like that, that are just like I'm just waiting for it to be the fall. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, seriously, I'm. I don't know what I'm going to do this Halloween. Probably going to wear my Doom shirt. Uh, Doom, like the video MF game? Doom. MF Doom. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Also, rest in peace. This rest is the, peace, I think, the third or fourth interview I've done for this podcast where he's come up. Uh, That's wild. Yeah. Um, That's how much of a... Well, he, he has a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. Great loss for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It feels like we lose, like, all the... All the good ones. I also haven't. I definitely don't know what I'm doing for Halloween yet. I last year I was Bruce Springsteen, uh, <laughs> and the year before that was The Crow. I don't remember the year before that. 
So yeah, so we'll we'll see <laughs> when yeah. I guess when we get there. It, I always like I feel like in March or April I always have an idea of what I want to go as, and then oh. I always forget it. Oh no no no, no. You got it no yeah I remember <laughs> because one of my one of my pandemic like mar- marathon days I would spend a weekend I got really really high and I watched yeah. all the Lord of the Rings movies fire. And so I really want to go as Sneagle because, but like go fully in character the whole night and do Who's like Sneagle, uh, <laughs> uh, Gollum, like he's oh, like, like the, the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the dude in in the Lord of the Rings. Right, yeah. um, all the dudes he met. <laughs> yeah. The 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 one the, the one that says the famous line. The, yeah, my my some, precious that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll just like paint myself That's gray. That's mad funny. You want to be Sneagle? Yeah, yeah. But I like I want to do it fully in character and just like horrify everybody at a party and be Yo. like, oh, uh Harry's way too way too into their fucking Sneagle impression." <laughs> Everyone just gets uncomfortable in <laughs> <laughs> That's if if the party's at my house, then that's ideal for me. Cause like mm. I like I like throwing a party, but I like you know clocks ticking, guys. I feel <laughs> yeah. You're like guys, go home. Okay. It's like <laughs> it's sleep. been like it, yeah. It's, it's like three in the morning. People are still here. I gotta find yeah. a way to clear these motherfuckers out of my house. <laughs> yeah, you just creep them out. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I want to be. I was talking to my coworker about this. I'm either I could be. I never really watched Daria, but I could be a Daria, I think. Or oh, I, I could, could, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, like, I love, love Daria. Dude, I need to watch it more. I've, I like watched a few episodes and I wasn't really into it, but I feel like I could get into it. Um, Her, uh, cause I feel like I discovered that show when I was like 11 or 12. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I feel like it, w- it hit me at the right time. Like her disaffected attitude towards like everything <laughs> and everyone like hit me right at the, like going again bringing up mm-hmm. the adolescent pubescent years like it hit me right at the perfect time where i was like ah oh, she knows exactly how not to give a fuck about anybody it's so good i just love her responses they're so witty yeah um, i was actually just thinking of, of starting like trying to find that somewhere on streaming to rewatch it because again shout out to brian he sent mm-hmm. along a, a youtube video that is like footage from the old zelda cartoon from the 80s oh but wow it, but link's dialogue is replaced with with beavis from beavis and butthead oh that's hilarious and then so i was like oh i would love to watch beavis and butthead mm-hmm. but then every time i think of watching beavis and butthead because daria is a spin-off of that i'm like you know i really? should just I didn't know that yeah she she was a like a supporting character on beavis and butthead what? and then got her own show and so every time i think of watching beavis and butthead i'm like actually i'd rather just watch daria <laughs> That's cool. I need to get more into it. And another costume idea was also um, sexy Austin Powers. I feel like I kind of look like Austin Powers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Your your glasses are kind of similar. I could get dorkier glasses. But yeah, I I think I could be a good Austin Powers for Halloween. Nice, nice. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I I never really watched... um, beavis and butthead either and like speaking of cartoons like that it reminded me of king of the hill king of the hill's hilarious i just started well, watching king of the hill yeah king of the hill is great it's the same the mike judge is the, he's the creator of beavis and butthead too okay. so it's like the same guy did beavis and butthead and that makes and, sense uh, 
and uh, King of the Hill. Yeah. Guy's a genius. Yeah. There's that. <laughs> Yeah, actually, in the Beavis and Butthead movie, there's like a supporting character that it like sounds exactly like uh, Hank Hill. What? Yeah, it's That's like cool. it's like clearly like this guy was sort of the um, I don't know the template for for Hank Hill, who would become Hank Hill in once King of the Hill mm-hmm. came out. That's a, another show that I've really wanted to rewatch. So I might just go on a huge Mike Judge kick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you had mentioned uh, briefly Kingdom Hearts before, but yes. like, what are what are some of your other? I mean, that series is amazing. Yes. What are some of your other like nerdy? Like, what nerd culture do you stand? <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I was really little, my I was like maybe like five. My dad got me a PS One, but it was like the PS One Slim, and that was my mm-hmm. first console. And then like Tupperware filled with bootleg ps1 games and so i had like the most abstract games that i don't even i tried finding them now and i can't even find them on google or anything mm. and um so i i got really into there was this cool ps1 star wars game that i really liked and i would play with my uncles and you could be a two-player you could be two players and um go through each level of i forgot which star wars movie it was specifically but it was just so fun Hmm. um i played a lot of star wars games as a kid i'm trying to now think i had a lot of game like pc games and then like once battlefront came out for like the ps2 xbox generation Mm -hmm. like that was that was incredible but yeah i'm I'm like i really wanted to play a lot of these star wars games that like were in between because ps1 was the only star wars game i played and then the last star wars game i played was for the oculus vr it i think it comes with it it's like one of the demo ones have you played them i haven't played too much vr stuff actually okay i I don't know if it makes you dizzy or anything but like a little bit but not too bad there i would recommend them honestly just because there's one part of the game where it literally, you're literally fighting people like you like get exhausted physically because you're like swinging it's as if you're actually mm-hmm. like you know like what's it called a, a jedi i guess there's yeah so you like have a, like a lightsaber and you're you know <sighs> yeah dude it's super sick um i think the character himself isn't a jedi but like yeah i, I don't know i just i thought that was super cool and the, there was previous versions of that years ago for like the wii before mm-hmm. vr that um i forgot which one it was it uh i don't know there's so many the there's so Leash. many star wars games yeah they're uh i just like want to play a lot of them the only ones i've played though are the ps1 and the demo vr video games so yeah i think those are cool i'm not a huge star wars nerd though i i like bonding with my dad over it my dad loves star wars nice. yeah. yeah that's uh sort of how i got into star like i saw it when i was like the first like a new hope when I was like three years old. Cause my dad mm-hmm. showed it to me. And like, so like hearing that there's like a VR game where you like are a jet, like have a lightsaber and you're exactly. actually swinging it around. It's sort of like the only part that's new to me is the fact that there are graphics in your eyes that yeah. like make you, cause like I would just go out into the woods with like a wiffle ball bat. And I, when I was a kid <laughs> and I'd like swing it around and like, like go like, like yeah, I had a, the sounds yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole like uh not to like put down the the current the new Star Wars movies but like I had when I was 8 I had a whole another trilogy planned out in my head That's that cool. Would have been way better. Uh, <laughs> but obviously would have been way better in my opinion yeah, but whatever. Obviously it's cool. <laughs> Disney never in my 8-year-old opinion uh but yeah Disney never got in touch with me about that Whack. for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, you don't get yeah, to see the, the good Star Wars. Yeah. Facts. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Though. No, they're, they're, yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not bitter about it or anything. <laughs> I go, I go like, I'm just like sitting so in the movie upset. theater, just like seething, like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> All they did was remake A New Hope, The Force Awakens. It's the same movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're like screaming. People are like, stop. <laughs> and I then I, I, also, yeah, I also don't want to be like one of those angry Star Wars fans. That's mad. There's yeah, like, I <laughs> but like, I, I just don't think there's any pleasing Star Wars fans at all. Whatever they're mad about, they're going to be mad about something. <laughs> like, It's just... It, it definitely is a high bar and like especially with nostalgia bias and all that like that that I don't know it's kind of unmatched it's like I feel like now like the the trilogies are just trying to recapsulate what was first felt when they came mm -hmm. out in the 70s 80s I guess I don't know if it came out in the 80s was it like late 70s it was 77 80 okay. and 83 technically okay. I think the first one came out at right at the tail end of 1976 but it's like more, it got a wider release in 77. This is not important at all. No, uh, but just, you know, nerding out, like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so about games I liked or, like, grew up with. So, yeah, it totally fits. Kingdom Hearts, back to that, has, like, so many games at this point now that aren't just, like, the main. I never even played the third one that came out, like, a couple Dude. years ago. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay, I love Kingdom Hearts. I love Kingdom Hearts, but I'm not a huge, like, nerd like some people. Like, they know everything. <laughs> They've seen, ev like, you know what I mean? Played all the games. Like, yeah. gone into the, like, even the mobile ones. Dude, yeah, the, mo the I didn't even get into the mobile ones. I, I did buy, I remember seeing the commercial for the second game. And then I went out and bought the first one. Then bought, beat that one, bought the second one. Found out there was a Chain of Memories game. Bought it for PS, mm -hmm. um, PS2, got bored. <laughs> I like I should have played the Game Boy version. Then got the literally bought a PSP. Got Birth by Sleep. Beat that one. Um, Is Birth by Sleep the one where you play as Roxas? Or? The that was a DS game. Okay, the, I yeah like, I have that. Yeah, that one's super cool. Well, because Roxas, uh, I mean. I don't have to explain this to you, but just for the mm -hmm. sake of listeners, yeah. Roxas was not the main character of the franchise, but when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, the intro, you're like, where's Sora? Where's the main character? Because you're playing as this kid Roxas at the intro of the game, and there's exactly. a twist involved. You get, you're, you're kind of mad at first, at least I was, where I was like, where's Sora? Right. But then things are revealed and then Sora comes back at the expense of Roxas who you've in like the first five hours of the game, you've become very attached to. Yeah. Uh, and it's very, very sad. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a very emotionally affecting game series. It's <laughs> uh, super good. The what's it called? I, for, I always forget the no, the specific numbers for the DS game. It's like 358 over two uh, days or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you got it. You got it. Three. That was probably my favorite one. Honestly, that, do you play as Riku in that one? I don't remember if you, that's. There's a dream or drop. Sora. There's dream drop distance. Yeah, okay. which is that one, which Sora and Riku. But the that one's for Nintendo 3DS. For Nintendo okay. DS, the 300 whatever over two days. Yeah. That one's super cool because you play as Roxas the okay, whole time. So that's, yeah, that's the one that I'm thinking of where you play as Roxas. Yeah, and you like see like his. It's like the the game is called the days because like it's a like daily every part of the game as you advance is a day by day thing and like journal entries and like him discovering who he is and like different. It's just 
it's so well developed and I didn't play Kingdom Hearts 3 when it first came out because I was just so busy with school and I was doing so much stuff but I finally finished it and it was so worth it to me I feel mm -hmm. like they did a really good job with Kingdom Hearts 3 Oh, yeah. um the gameplay is super fun i still think kingdom hearts kingdom hearts 2 is probably my favorite but i, like, I agree with that yeah. with um with the ds game as well but um kingdom hearts 3 is definitely up there for me i think they did a really good job cool i might so, i might yeah, check that out uh yeah soon i'm like sort of in a place where i need like a new video game to play because like the one i'm currently playing has turned out to be not super Dang. not super great um which are you playing? I'm playing Deus Ex Mankind Divided. It's like a dystopian, like first person shooter with like some RPG elements. Mm -hmm. This one's cool. And it's it's cool and it's a lot about like the relationship between like the human body and technology. But I found out that like I'm like almost done with it. And knowing that like I'm I'm like two thirds of the way through, I'm like, this mm. does not feel like a full game experience then. Like mm. like the story is just only like it still feels like I'm in the beginning of the story. Mm. And knowing that like I'm actually two thirds of the way in is sort of like a big letdown. Right. And like none of the characters are super interesting and like stories <laughs> sort of sort of bland, like what a bummer. <laughs> Yeah, I played it because I really liked the the like the game in the series that came out before it. Mm, okay, but it's Which also it's uh, it's Deus Ex uh, Human Revolution. Okay, this okay. one's called Mankind Divided. Mm -hmm. But it was cheap on the like PlayStation Store, so uh, I got it. But like, so um, back in March, or I guess like a year ago, last summer, I started like getting back into a lot of gaming. I hadn't really been playing video games in a while. So I downloaded like a bunch of the old. So the reason I got into Kingdom Hearts is because it incorporates a lot of Final Fantasy characters. Okay. Uh, and Final Fantasy is like my favorite game series ever. Really? Yeah. So I downloaded a bunch of the the old ones, like the mm -hmm. old PlayStation ones um, and a couple of like the newer ones and like was playing through a lot of those last summer. Um, mm -hmm. And because like I love like all all things RPG and JRPG. So but yeah, then that ended up turning into me playing Skyrim again at Lord. back back in March. And so the entire month of March, I was just fucking playing Skyrim. Like I did nice. very little else but play Skyrim. But like by the time the month ended and I came out of like came out of my room, I was like mm -hmm. I was like blinded by like sunlight and I was like <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was talking about Skyrim so much to friends that like I actually got I got friends who had already played it to start playing it again and then That's I got cool. a, I got a friend who had never played it to mm -hmm. download it and uh, like two days into him downloading it he was like hey I downloaded Skyrim because you wouldn't shut the fuck up about it and that and now <laughs> and now I am fucking obsessed with this game yo I guess I gotta play it now too it's, I never played Skyrim, but I heard a lot of people say good things about it. It's the 10th, 10th anniversary this year. No so. way. It's yeah. Crazy. And it's yeah. still one of the most like play actively played games. Mm -hmm. So it just like, you know, really speaks to the, the longevity of its quality. Um, I don't know like what like systems or consoles or if you like are a PC gamer nowadays, but like it's pretty much available everywhere. Yeah, I guess I do usually like I have a PS4, so I usually like playing with PS4. Um, I have a Steam account too, and so I'll see. But um, have you? You were talking about Skyrim, reminded me. Do you watch like Donkey or Donkey? I forgot. It was. 
Is like a YouTube channel? No. Here, I'll show you. Yeah, I'll send please, you this video please. real quick. <laughs> also, it's about two now. So uh, you said you had to get ready for a picnic. I don't want to like keep yeah, you longer. Yeah, I'm actually than... meeting up with um, I'm meeting up with Rilla Force Elder and um, some people from Save the Harbor, and we're gonna have a nice picnic together. Nice. So yeah, and I, I hope you enjoy this video, and maybe you can share this one Hell too yeah. with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I might I might include a, like a hyperlink to it in the write up. Um, mm -hmm. What do you, what do you uh, what are you bringing to the picnic? Are you bringing I anything? Just, yeah, I made banana bread. And, oh, nice, um, nice. Yeah, and I'm gonna make these sandwiches called. Uh, I guess in English it's triples, but in Spanish it's triples, and it's basically uh, three slices of bread, and in between you have avocado, tomato, and eggs with mayonnaise. Oh, that sounds so, really good. Super psyched! I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about lunch now. Now that you yeah. brought that up, um, cool. Well, I'll let time. you. I'll let you get run into that. Uh, this, is, this has been super fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking. I, I feel like the first half of this episode, like we talked about all about your music, and then mm -hmm. we just kind of like went on a big nerdy tangent. Yes. And I'm gonna keep all that. Like. Yes. Everyone. everyone is gonna have to listen to us nerd the fuck out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Works for me. That <laughs> but, sounds good. This is this is a lot of fun. Jimena, yeah. uh, thank you so much. Thanks so much. It was really cool. Um, thanks for having me. Thanks for, you know, talking and getting to know me better. It was really cool getting to know you too. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, um, you know, I'm knocking on wood every time I say this, but hopefully we'll run into each other around Boston. Definitely. In the near future. That'd be cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.
There you have it, folks. That's my interview with Jimena. Thank you to her again. Thank you, as always, to Alston Pudding. Thank you to Ethan for helping with the audio processing. I shout him out every episode. Uh, Also, thank you to you listeners. I've said this before, but the fact that any number of people are listening to this any week makes this a really validating project. You know, uh, now this will be episode 12, and I'm just, you know, again, like I said at the top of the show, I'm all about celebrating personal accomplishments right now. And I'm just, I'm really happy that I've like stuck with this and have no plans to stop. Even if no one was listening to these episodes, I would still, still be doing it because I'm, I'm stubborn like that. So thank yous aside, keep tuning in and keep surviving. It's still a very difficult time to be a person in the world and we're approaching winter, so it's going to seem like it's getting tougher. Even if I don't know you personally, I trust that you're on the right path and doing everything you can to, to make your life good and to do good in the world. And I think that's incredibly important. Anyway, I want everybody to have a happy and safe Halloween. I hope you, you feel the spooky spirit. I hope you dance with your friends. If that's what makes you feel alive and feel love. I know that's one way that I feel really connected to people I love is just getting together, dancing with them, laughing with them. Yeah, have a happy Halloween, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye.